0: Welcome to the Rock Church Audio Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us today. Rock Church is located on Harrison Avenue between Mulford and Perryville Roads in Rockford, Illinois. Today, our message is brought by one of our associate pastors, Dan Kohler. All you intrepid worshipers who have come out on this bitterly cold morning, and for those of you who are at home, welcome. We're glad that you're here. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor Dan, I'm one of the associates, and I'm just pinch-hitting for Pastor Jared this morning. Our text is found this morning in uh, Colossians chapter 3, and it's verse 16, one verse. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. God, we pray this morning for revelation. God, you'd be speaking in our hearts. We thank you for it. We come with expectation of you meeting us here in this place today. Amen. The decade of the 1660s was really traumatic in England, and particularly the year of 1665. That's when the plague hit London. 70,000 people died that year out of 460,000 residents. It was just tremendous. And the following year, almost the entire city burned down. There were those that said, London would never recover, and England would never recover from it. Yet in the midst of what was going on, there was one voice that was still singing forth the praises of God. There was one voice that was coming out and saying, God is still in control and God has a plan. And that person was uh, Bishop Thomas Ken. And he penned a song that we still sing today. That song is the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You know, in light of what's occurring in our country, in the world today, I think that we need to become a people of praise more than ever. Whether it's pandemic or politics, it seems like people are thrown into fits of despair, worry, Anx, anxiousness, and literally a spirit of fear. There are those that uh, those prognosticators of gloom and doom, even amongst Christians. But I want to tell you right now, God has not abandoned us, and we have not been left wanting. Our God is still able. He is still God, and we are his people. I was uh, thinking this morning about um, an evangelist by the name of Charles Price. Maybe some of you are familiar with him. His ministry started uh, right around 19, well, the, 20s, the late 1920s, on into the Depression. And he was known for uh, huge revivals, uh, not only in Canada, United States. He eventually went to Europe. And uh, his revival meetings, I mean, thousands of people got saved, thousands of people got healed. But his revival meetings were known for this that in the midst of his sermons, people would spontaneously start praising and worshiping God. And Charles Price would literally stop preaching and join in the praise and worship. And when that died down and the Spirit settled down, he would resume the preaching of his word. You know, God is a speaking God. Martin Luther said that. God is still speaking. And I believe he's still speaking today. If we look at Romans 10, verse 17. It says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's uh, interesting that uh, in doing my research, I found out that some scholars believe that the ear gate is more perceptive than our eye gate. That the ear gate is the pathway or the gateway to our very soul. Naturally we prefer the sight because we take the world into us. Or actually uh, let me rephrase that. Our eye gate, our eye takes us into the world, whereas the ear takes the world into us. We are receptors. We're receivers. Our ears are powerful enough to develop what's called a hearing heart. Um, which is to discern what God is saying. Discern what God's will is for our lives. To discern comes from a Hebrew word that means to hear. Many of you are familiar in the Old Testament with the Shema. Hear, O Israel. Actually, the literal translation really means discern, O Israel. We're to discern what God is saying to us. Discern, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. We are to discern. We're to hear what God is saying. You know, it's interesting when you think about it. Our sense of hearing is the first thing to be developed in the womb. We hear our mother's voice and we recognize it. We hear our father's voice. Um, My seven kids grew up in the womb praising and worshiping God because they were in church on Sunday morning. But you know what else? It's the last sense to go. Remember, Judy was uh, on hospice, and uh, at the very end, uh, she was comatose, and the nurses continued to encourage us to speak to her and encourage her. They said before she moved on to her new life, she could literally still hear us. So our sense of hearing is the first to be developed, and it's the last thing to go, Our sense of hearing is critical. Leonard Sweet in his book, A Cup of Coffee at the Soul Cafe, made a couple of observations. He said, the ear gate is so much more developed and sensitive than our eye gate. It has been created to act as a natural conduit between the creator and all creation. In his second observation, he cites German philosopher Joachim Ernst Bernhardt in his book, The World of Sound. The book is based on three questions. First of all, why has our sense of hearing been so carefully differentiated much more than our sense of seeing? The second question, why are our ears given the capacity for measuring, that is, for the mathematical? Music is mathematics. Thirdly, why are the data we receive from our ears so much more precise? than from our eyes. The answer to all three questions are this, that we were created, our ears, our hearing, were created to be in the presence and the power of the living God. Our hearing is the altar before the Lord. It's a place where where God and I meet. It's a place where God and you meet. As we note from Paul's writing, That hearing, that faith comes by hearing, not by sight. Faith is not a vision thing. Faith is a hearing thing. Professor Sweet went on to explain his observation this way. From a deeply spiritual standpoint, you don't see a vision or you hear a vision. Sound becomes sight. Vibrations become visions. The invisible becomes visible. People who have perfect hit pitch hear in colors. Sound travels in waves and so does light. Speed up sound or slow down light and they're synonymous. Have you ever wondered about your hearing? Have you ever wondered why your hearing is so acute that you can, you can triangulate and you can pick where something is at from sound? Good example of how we learn by sound rather than by sight. All of you that are old enough to remember learning to drive on a standard transmission. You learn more by listening to the RPMs of the in- engine than you did looking down the road. You could tell by the RPMs when it was time to push in the clutch and shift to the next gear. And there was a, a lot of trial and error as you literally drove by the seat of your pants. There was a lot of stalling and gear grinding and rolling backward down hills until finally you moved forward. We learned to drive more by our sense of hearing than we did by what we could see. Isn't that true? You know, it's true of our walk with God. We learn more by what we hear than what we see. Theologian Dorothy Soleil wrote these words. In my opinion, the two most important languages of humanity, theology and music, have the task of communicating precisely where other forms of communication are no longer possible. I remember a time in my life when God asked me to resign my position, my job. And so I did that in faith because I, I knew that he would lead me. And yet one night, I awoke in the middle of the night, gripped by this panic attack. I mean, panic attack. What had I done? Wife and kids, house payment, car payments. I quit my job. God, where are you in this? And I got up, didn't wake up Judy, and I went into the living room, and I was sitting in a chair and praying and looking at the ceiling and saying, God, where are you in all of this? And my heart was literally, I'm, I'm serious, my heart felt like I was going to come right on my chest. And my prayers didn't even seem to get to the ceiling. You ever been there? Pray and you just, no breakthrough. And this still small voice came in my ear and said, just praise my name. Just praise my name. And I began to lift up the name of Jesus. And I began to worship Jesus and call upon the name of Jesus. And as I called upon the name of Jesus, the panic lifted and faith once again came into the soul of my being. And that's why our hearing is so much more important is to discern what the Spirit is saying in that moment. So, where is all of this in the Bible? Let's start at the very beginning. You realize that the Bible, one-third of the Bible, is either poetry or songs, hymns? Genesis chapter 1 hymns the creation of the world. And God said, let there be light. Um, Creation came as a result of the spoken word. It became because of sound. Composer-conductor Leonard Bernstein, a strong Christian, said that whenever he conducts a musical score from the book of Genesis, that he says that he believes that the interpretation in Genesis is not that God said, but that and God sang creation. You know, it's for that reason in many synagogues today that when the Torah is taken out of the cabinet, that the cantor, the rabbi, begins singing, chanting. And they usually chant something from the Psalms that attest to the, the King of Kings, not Jesus, but the Yahweh. Yeah, Yahweh. Get my Greek and my Hebrew all mixed up here this morning. It's too early They begin to extol the praises of God, and as they they take the scrolls out of the cabinet, which is called the Aron Kodesh, and the rabbi begins to carry it around. The congregation rises, and they begin to chant something from the Psalms as well. And they begin their whole service with praising and worshiping God and. Their creator and who he is and how great he is. Is it any wonder that we begin our services with praise and worship? It's from the Bible, it's biblical that we enter into praise and worship. It's biblical that we give expression to the life that has been put within us by our creator God. He spoke the world, He spoke us into being I think I think we, we we take praise and worship too simply Do we really choose to enter in Do we really believe the words we're singing or are we going through the motions? I found in my life that some of the most powerful times in my life spiritually have been when I've given been given to praise and worship on a daily basis. Not just Sunday mornings. Not just on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night or in a revival meeting. It's A daily thing. It's rising in the morning and giving praise to God. It's rising in the morning and giving thanks to Him for the life that I have. It's giving thanks for the day that lies before me. Consider for a moment the 29th Psalm. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The glory of God thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. The voice of the Lord divides the flame of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everyone says, Glory! Isn't it a wonderful thing that creation came out of sound and then God instilled within us the ability to sound back his praises, that we have the ability to sound back his word. Everything in the universe, actually in the cosmos, sounds with the vibrations of... of, uh, creation. Scientific proof tells us that atoms actually sing. Did you know that? Atoms vibrate at a specific modulation. And atoms of different natures vibrate at different modulations because each one is unique. It stands to reason that we were created to give praise to God and to do so wholeheartedly. I'm gonna step on a couple toes right now. I have a quote from John Wesley. Sing lustily with good courage. Beware of singing as if you were half dead or half asleep. Lift up your voice with strength. I remember uh, one of the churches I planted a lady visited a, a couple times, and she would cut my hair at the time. And she said, well, I haven't been in church because uh, I, just can't, I just can't get into your praise and worship. I, I, I was raised in this denomination, and you come in, and you're quiet, and you sit, and you look straight ahead. And we sing a couple hymns, but we never we don't lift our hands. We don't get excited. We're solemn before God. We were created with emotions. We were created to give forth the praises of God. It amazes me how some can come into church and and just be non-responsive in praise and worship, yet they go see their favorite NFL team this afternoon and they're going to be jumping out of their chairs, screaming and yelling and carrying on. Praise and worship is a very emotional experience. When we come together, we should do so, as our text tells us, and with fervor, with energy, with life. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Our ear gate is the place of the altar. It's where we come into the very presence of God. In modern Christianity, we've given more emphasis to preaching the word than we have coming into the presence of God and letting our souls be buried before him, letting him come in, and do a deeper work in us. We are Pentecostals. We are people of the presence of God. And like Moses said, Lord, if your presence doesn't go up with us, don't, don't send us from here. If your presence doesn't go with us, Lord, don't send us out those doors. God, if, if your presence isn't with us, don't, don't send me out the, the door of my house into the world sequester me away the final four hymns of hymns of the book of Psalms are inspired by musicians and composers They've, they've inspired musicians from Johann Sebastian Bach all the way to Duke Ellington another strong Christian and their music offers praise to the Creator The question is, can we do any less? Here's a novel idea. Let's begin to live our lives in musical terms. By composing life from the inside out rather than from the outside in. In other words... Let the light and life that is within you shine into your world rather than to be overcome by the darkness without. Let the joy of the Lord find expression as you daily sing and make music in your heart toward Jesus Christ. Singing and making music in your heart is more than metaphorical, it is a reality. We've been created to praise. We've been created to worship. I'm, re- I'm really concerned about the church. Not, not, not just our church. I'm talking about the church in general. We have people that are purveyors of gloom and doom. I'll say the judgment of God has fallen on our country. We have people that are extremely antagonistic politically, both sides. We have people that are literally immobilized by the word pandemic. We've become a people that are withdrawn. We are a people that don't sing forth the praises of God We carp and complain and groan when we were created to give praise. We were created to make a difference in our world. If you're a person of praise and worship, you literally are light going into a dark world. There was an old welch doctor around the turn of the last century, and he would teach his medical students about the heart. And he, he said, boys, when you put on the stethoscope, listen to the song of the heart. Listen to the rhythm of the heart. He didn't know how right he was. Because today with modern science, through a sonogram, we can, we can actually look at the heart beating. I had an echocardiogram some years ago, and I could lay there and literally see the picture of my heart beating. But not only could I see the, the heart beating, I could listen to the rhythm of my heart. Each heart has a unique rhythm to it, yours has a unique rhythm. Doctors today even refer to those as heart songs. Isn't that interesting? I wonder if our hearts haven't been singing the praises of God all along. I wonder if you remember this hymn. There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. Fear not, I am with thee, peace be still, in all of life's heaven flow. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. Does he keep you singing as you go? Do you praise him? Do you lift up the name of Jesus? Is there a hope in your voice? Is there a, a, a little hop in your walk? It's because of Jesus and what we have in him. To give praise unto him is intrinsically installed in our hearts from the moment of conception. We were created with the capacity to praise, and we should do it with our whole hearts, holding nothing back. There's power in praise. There is power in praise. The vibrations of sound are powerful, they can even tear down strongholds. You know, soldiers have known this for centuries that when soldiers are marching and they come to a bridge, they have to break cadence because they found that when their voices and their cadences sung and their feet are marching in synchronous patterns, the vibrations can match the vibrations of the bridge and literally collapse the bridge underneath their feet. This is called a state of resonance. In fact, it happened in the 1940s. The Tacoma Straits Bridge was opened July 1, 1940. And it was known to kind of undulate a little bit with the way wind off of the Pacific. November of that year, a double oscillation began, and that bridge began to do this. And when the state of resonance was found, the wind matched the, re- the very vibrations of the bridge. The entire bridge collapsed. There's power in praise. There's power in the vibrations that come from our voices and our praise. When the state of resonance is reached, something's got to give. And it's not going to be God. What about Jericho? They marched around it seven times, seven days. On the seventh day, they gave a shout. And the walls literally came tumbling down. Well, I think they had a little help from God. But it's true. When we enter into praise, we literally vibrate with the eternal. We become transformed into the image of God and into the likeness of Jesus as he moves upon us. In those moments of resonance, we become changed. Why are we changed? We're changed because there is literally resurrection power in our lives when we praise and sing and worship God. There's a power that comes into our lives that we wouldn't otherwise know about. We're no longer confined to the circumstances around us. We're no longer confined to situations that seem to overwhelm and drive us down. We become a force in the midst of those situations. See, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. this morning I was on my way to church ran by McDonald's to grab an egg McMuffin and uh, I saw this billboard I couldn't believe it it said four words live more, worry less live more, worry less you know that spoke in my heart that when we're a people of praise we live more and we worry less I wonder sometimes if we didn't enter into praise and worship, we'd have less anxiety. We'd have less panic attacks. We'd have less depression. We would have less suicidal tendencies. I believe that when we allow praise and worship to shape our lives that we become agents of change. We Allow God into our hearts to change us, mold us, and make us. When he does that, we have the ability to shape the world around us and the people that we come in contact with. We have the ability to change the world for the kingdom of Jesus. I want to challenge you this morning to become more people of praise. People who get up in the morning and sing the praises of Jesus Christ and what he's done in your life. When we become people of praise, we are not overcome. We become overcomers. I want to challenge you with that this morning. To become people of praise. Praise. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the mighty firmament. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with the loud cymbals. Praise Him with the clashing cymbals. Let everything that hath breath Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord, we just thank you today for God that you've made us an altar that we could sing forth, that we could echo the praises of of your God. We just thank you today, Lord, for all your blessings. Thank you for the life that we have in Jesus Christ. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus from this day forward and forevermore in his name. Go in the peace of God. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and we look forward to having you joining us in person for a service soon. Our service times are Thursday nights at 7 o'clock and two services on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. God bless you.